Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Peak A-League podcast. I'm your host, Gerald, and uh, look, we had a week off last week. You know, life gets in the way. That's what can I say, really? But as promised, we're back bigger this week. We've got a, a guest on. If I had to put into words, you know, what, what could I say about him? A long-suffering Perth Glory fan, um, an A-League memes admin, maybe most notably uh, an Alex Grant fanatic. It's Grouse Grant or Fraser joining us today. How are you, Fraser? Um, brilliant. Thank you, mate. Much better now. Put the tools down after work and ready to go. Very nice. And obviously, probably being in my presence would help a little bit. So we've got plenty to get through today, um, but we'll start with our favorite segment, Peak of the Week. Um, do you want to start us off with your favourite peak A-League moment of the weekend? Oh, mate, I, look, I don't mean to, you know, stroke my own ego, but I'm sure plenty of you guys saw this. We pulled in bulk likes over the weekend, but <laughs> Perth Glory only scoring four goals this season and the players that allegedly hated Tony Popovich scoring four goals in a game of football, not including Jamie McLaren, not including Carlo Armiento this week. It's just a shambles over the West, you know. If it's not a stadium, it's a player revolt. If it's not a player revolt, it's, you know, the coach is being plucked out of nowhere. It's, you know, what's going on? There's so much stuff, I cannot even be bothered getting into it because if it was, if this just turned into a Tony Sage bashing from me, it'd be everything you've heard before. Aren't it's you a good tough. mate of, is... of Tony Sage? A good, aren't you uh, good friends? Uh, look, yeah. Uh, we're on a first-name basis, I'll say that much. But okay. um, I could... I. I could see these, uh, his reasoning behind a lot of stuff, but some of the other stuff as well, like the worldwide search for a coach and he's plucked Ruben Zadkovic out of the youth academy, one win in 12 games. Um, you know, the Fornaroli incident, I don't think really mm. fell on his shoulders, but it was, you know, he was the one that came out batting um, mm. in the comments about it. So it kind of looked bad on his part, but... Yeah. You know. yeah. I've never seen like a CEO get so involved like in the replies of... Like he just doesn't really care. Like he'll just chat to anybody about that stuff. Um I kind, of, My, I kind of respect yeah. it. Like, that's what the A-League's all about, mate. It's, yeah, you see it's Vandy's local. Tweet about it's, two it's hours ago. No... <laughs> you can, the yeah, player you can engagement, anyone. mate. It's all about it. Yeah, well, better, yeah exactly. But, I mean, like, he's willing like, to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I commend him for it. I mean, the CEOs, like uh, when we had Pignata, Philopolis mm. as well, they've always been happy to get on board, have a chat on Twitter about whatever's going on. Mm. Um, most of the time, not very good, except for the one golden year with the three Tonys, Popovich, Pignata, and... <laughs> Uh, Sage, then it was, uh, mm. you know, coming home with a wet sail most that season. But other than that, you know, I, I do have to commend them for putting up with a lot, <laughs> a lot yeah. of uh, <laughs> trash thrown at them from the Perth Glory uh, fans, yeah, but you know how it is. Um, but yeah, I th- I, the biggest peak A-League moment probably this weekend as well was the fact that we couldn't even access it, um, if you like, like Paramount Plus, if you're on Apple. Um, and then YouTube, they kindly unlocked the, the uh, border thing for, so that Australians could watch it on YouTube and it actually delivered like the best, seamless, most live broadcast we've ever had of it on Paramount Plus because it wasn't... Like I was watching it on my Chromecast and then I was like, oh, it's on YouTube and I put it on and it was a minute ahead. What am I paying $90 for? Because it was just yeah. like that much better. And then as soon as they um, worked it back out on Sunday, they shut up the YouTube stream again. And this other one, it was just a notable mention from... Muller was, it says, uh, this is just not my words, Andy Harper on comms absolutely launching every single one of his toys out the pram when one of his beloved <laughs> beloved Smurfs were rightly shown a red card, which, yeah, that was a red card, and, like, the outreach of the commentators was, like, crazy. Like, I don't know, like, I love ref bashing as much as the next guy, like, I'm always there for it, but, like, I don't know, like, 
like the one against um when it was Ibasuki, like I understand bashing that, but then when it's like a fifty fifty call, like I don't know, it's just not a good look for the ref to be constantly um copying and and the other one was probably Cummings like tried to jump over that billboard. Did you see that? Yeah, that was class. I love that. <laughs> I remember Trent Bahaja did the same thing against Perth a couple of seasons ago, man. They got a they got a bad that record out, out on the Central Coast <laughs> doing that shit. Bloody hell. Um so after that, actually, before we get into anything else, Socceroos selection is um, tomorrow, the, where it all comes out today by the time this podcast drops. But before we get into like who we think should and shouldn't be selected, I've got a very weird thing to share. I had this dream last night, and I don't know if there's anything in it or whatever. This is a, I, I, I wish I could make this up, because I'm not a typical, you know, dreaming about sports and stuff. I, I'm not that obsessed with it for the most part. But anyway, this I'll set the scene. So it was sort of a schoolyard game of soccer, Fraser. And um, I don't really remember many of the faces who were playing, but there was one guy, Christian Volpato, on the other side. And he diced us up, you know, as you'd expect. Anyway, after the game, it was all of a sudden, it went like pitch black in my dream. And I'm walking out, whatever. And he comes up to me, and he's like an Eshe in my dream, and tried to steal my shoes. Like, I'm not even... I wish I was making this up. And then I, I remember, like, so vividly, he's like, come on, bro, give me your shoes. He had this real, like, woggy, like, Eshe accent. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. You're a kid. Like, and he was, like, really short. And then I said, I said, man, I'd, I'd be careful if I were you. If this gets out, you won't be getting your your uh, international call up. And he got, he was just like, oh, shit, yeah. Like, so the most obscure dream. But the only thing I took out of that is that he kind of cares about the international call up. So uh, maybe it means nothing. <laughs> Maybe it means nothing at all, and it was a really weird Mate. dream. But I don't know. I've been watching a lot of football last night, so like I watched the Premier League and I was at the A League. Maybe that was why. But it, it was uh, look. I'd, if he gets picked tomorrow, I think I can be sort of thanked for it because I've had a, a bit to play out with that. Uh, you know, it was, all, it was a horrible dream. You, mate. Woke up with a cold sweat because um, yeah, Volpato was trying to take my shoes. And anyway. Um, We'll get into the A League action. It's one of the crazier ones I've heard, if I'm honest. That's there's a bit <laughs> happening in that to quote to quote Brad Hollis, there's a bit going on there. It, yeah, it was a wild dream. It was like I just don't know where it's come from. I've never dreamt about Volpato before, I promise. And um yeah, it really came out of nowhere. But anyway, it started off this weekend on Friday night. Um Victory broke their goal droughts, which was um coming up to four matches, and finally that attack produce some goals. I actually had it like a, a gut feel this was going to be a 4-0. I tipped the four goals in my um, A-League tipping because it just, I don't know, the Jets, as much as they've been okay this season, they are typically the sort of top team to just lie down and cop it sometimes. And like, I thought, oh, this is like a low-key game for victory. Like, that, you know, spotlights off a bit against the Jets and they just got the job done. Um, two penalties in there, but did you catch this game, Fraser? I'm going to be honest, mate. Did not catch that one, but the... Uh... What you've just said about Jets lying down is going to come back and haunt me, given the uh, typing back to the long-suffering Perth fan, and they just did us with 10 men a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> that Beckham Mickle Tad's all gone, mate. I'm still oh, yeah. fresh in my memory, honestly. But yeah, I didn't watch it. I I think I caught the highlights every now and then. I've been yeah. tuning into the uh, Cricket World Cup pretty pretty uh, hardcore here. Mate, there's something about the magic of Zimbabwe. I know we're not a cricket podcast, but <laughs> if it's Zimbabwe or if it's Bruno Fornaroli off the bench, respectfully... What, I love did you Bruno, go to a Zimbabwe game? But I know what you? I'm picking. No, mate, just on TV. Oh, yeah. I'm just cracking it. I'm just loving it. Well, they got battered the vibes last and everything. night, didn't they? Yeah, India by India. Did a it's number. a shame. But that's everyone gets done by India, so they're yeah, still respectable. Where did they finish, do you know? Yeah. Zimbabwe. I think they I think they got 
How many qualified? Two qualified. I think they got fourth, maybe fifth. Oh yeah. Well, that's respect. They did all right for themselves. Yeah. They got a lot um, of fans throughout the way, you know. But anyway, back to what well, we're clearly here for, one of them's you know, on this podcast. I hate to sign Yeah. <laughs> so, um, hey, if you think this is bad, you should see him at my job. This it's a nightmare, you know. <laughs> but keep going on. Keep going on. All right. Sorry, the other the, the next game was another game at Amy Park. Another four nil drubbing. This was your boys. I mean, you said you didn't want to get into it before, and I know you were too engulfed in the magic of the World Cup to watch this one. But overall feelings about a 4-0 loss to the champions, is it sort of like one of those ones where you expected it so it's not that bad, or are you still disappointed with the result? Look, 4-0 away at Amy, you, in, a, in a club, in a position we are, look, you take it. Nil you take half it. Time to, you take it, mate, honestly. It could have been five. <laughs> uh, look, nil all half-time and going into full-time at four hurts. The fact that we mm. had more yellow cars than shots hurts, but... You know, it just harps back to what is, you know, what's going on with Zakovic. Like, this is the mm. third or fourth different formation he's played this season with mostly the same personnel. He's um he's coming... To, look, I, I back his recruitment, but it's just what... You know, if you're playing a different formation every week, how good can you be, you know? You, yeah. In my opinion, you should be sticking to one and just go and gun-ho at that. Make sure plan A works before you're even thinking about plan C, D, or E. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Jamie McLaren's in good form. You know, he's he's got his shooting boots on from anywhere inside of 12 yards. Marco Tilio's <laughs> done for a call-up. So, you know, we came up against it. And I don't think... I think it uh, was only going to be one outcome. But mm. hopefully it's a, it's a bit of a wake-up call to the uh, some of those Perth players. But not ideal, but could have been yeah. five, honestly. Could have been six. <laughs> like, you copped them on a bad week, you're right, with, like, the three attackers all being, like on the line for the Ruse call-up, especially Lecky and Tilio probably fighting for, like, the same sort of spots. So, um, but, I mean, they held up okay. Like, it was nil all at half-time, but I watched the game and, like, they were lucky to be nil all um, because City had sort of missed a couple and stuff. And then, yeah, City just went bang, bang, bang and scored, like, some pretty... Some of them were a bit easy, a bit uncompetitive, a couple of those goals, I thought. Um... But yeah, like you're right that like maybe Zadkovic is alright, but like we're not going to know if he just keeps on sort of moving the magnets around and stuff. Do you think he's out of his depth a little bit? I mean, last season you can't really judge it on that. Like he's come in, he's, as I said, he's, he's playing anyone with an L plate in WA. He's given anyone a game at that point. But this season, I think you're really going to know what he's about. Like he's come in, he's got, uh, what's his name? Ryan Williams, Socceroo mm. experience. Amini, Socceroo experience. Um, that Azubel bloke, not a huge fan of him, honestly. Yeah. You know, he's come from Israel, Div 2. Like, what? it's not a great pedigree. <laughs> but that Aaron McKenna bloke, like, he's got pretty high-level experience across in Europe, very highly rated in the Scottish Championship and mm. the Irish League. And Beavers as well, you know, he's got Championship uh, EFL 1 experience. So, you know, he's bought in all these gun players. And so now he's got, you know, the keys to the, to, <laughs> to the Lamborghini I've put in air quotes. And, you know, let's see <laughs> if he can actually drive it. Yeah, like, because I actually feel like the recruitment was pretty good, but, like, it's always hard when you bring in, like, eight players or however many it was, like, to know how they're going to play on an A-League pitch together is always difficult, but, like, on paper, they don't look that bad. Like, they don't look, like, that far away at worst sign in the comp, but that's probably what they are right now. Maybe rivaled by my team, Western United, and we'll talk about them next, who I just, just, I don't know. We were saying yesterday at the game, like, how did this team win the championship four months ago like the same it's the same players it's the same squad the same 2000 fans showing up so nothing's really changed but like 
they just turn to shit. And I've got one theory that there's a man in the middle of the park who we injected this season into our attack, James Troisi, um, who has just, I don't know, he's just brought great bad joke, vibes. Man. Great joke, great joke. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, like, the only difference is him. So last year it was like, we had Prijevic. So you've gone Prijevic out, Troisi in. That's a big downfall, or a big, a big uh, downgrade, sorry. And the other problem is like, I think they're still playing the game like we have Prijevic up top. The way that they're like, because Payne and Wales are just typical Aussie players who are just going to bolt down the wings and send it in there. But then you've got Wenzel Halls who had to come up yesterday against like, I don't know, like Warland and Popovich and crap. And they were just getting rid of it every time. So even though Weston had a lot of chances, and I will say Joe Gauci had a very good game, saved a penalty, saved a couple of close calls, but we're still not good enough. And then down the other end, you've got last season, it was like, oh, even if we're not scoring, we can rely on Garuccio, Lacroix. They've been like some of our worst players. And it's really, I don't know what to do with Lacroix because it's like, if we drop him to the bench, we're going to play what Trat and Top or Stanley. Like that's, I don't know, that's just a PK League lineup in itself. Like I think we, you almost have to play him through his bad form. Um, as someone who's had a, a great um, big like international defender in the past, Fraser, I'm, and you never had to deal with this with Big Greg, what do you think we do with Leo? What, what, you know, what's the next step? It's it's a tough one because I think almost benching him would give him what he wants. Like there was that link going around the other day that was saying like yeah. he was trying to get out during the off season. So I think at the moment he just doesn't want to play. And I mean, if you get to that position, mm. you know, is it like a bit of a Fornaroli situation where you'd rather just give him what he wants so it's a bit cleaner on all parts? You know, you yeah. still know that the manager's in total control. You still know the board's in total control of the situation. But he's you know he'd be on big coin. He'd be on big big coin, yeah. and he does have that. He does have that pedigree of uh, an elite, elite A-league defender, but it's it's a it's a tough one. It's it's kind of like a, it's not really a win-win, but it's not really a lose-lose. Like if, well, I mean, maybe mm. if you keep playing him, there's a few losses going around. But you know, if <laughs> if they were to bench him next week, I don't think anyone would be surprised about it. But if the backup option is Jacob Tratt, and I mean Nikolai Topol Stanley does a shift, but yeah, and, you know, it's yeah, is it you know. Is it He's just our second highest scorer of the but... season with two own goals. And it's like, because oh, I was thinking about it yesterday, I was like, do we just keep trying <laughs> to play him through it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Or do we sort of go, like, do we wait till he does something so bad where he costs us a game on his own boot? But then I thought he kind of did that in round one when he scored one own goal. And then for that other one, he like passed the ball straight to McLaren him. for the second goal or whatever it was. So like, yeah, I, I don't know because it was like, it's so hard because on current form, like if, if this was a new signing, obviously we'd want him dropped. But because we know like if he does get it right, he's going to basically solve almost half the, probably more or more than half the problems we have right now just by being the old, the old LaCroix. It's, like, it's, so, it's so difficult because like it's not just him that looks disinterested. I think the only ones that are really having a crack this year is Josh Risden. I'd say Payne and Wales are still having a go and, and you can't really fault Kilkenny and Lustica that much. They're not playing as well as last season, but I guess it's like the attackers aren't putting away the chances. I don't really rate Wenzel Halls. So like, there's a few disinterested blokes, but like Lacroix, he's gone, he's fallen so far from being like such an elite player. And I, yeah, if we if we had um Imai still, you could maybe go Imai and Topol Stanley, but I don't really trust um, Topol Stanley and Trat, and I think Topol Stanley has another week on his band anyway. So then we'd be going to that MPL bloke Collins or whatever, and. It gets pretty messy from there. But yeah, anyway, it was 4-2 yesterday. There's a lot of problems. They sit bottom. The only side without a win 
which is crazy. And um, yeah, a couple how of Perth have a win, but you boys okay. don't. Yeah, that's. I, I never thought I'd be in a world where Perth Glory had a win before my team in twenty twenty two. Like it's just. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know if when we lost that game on penalties in, against Sydney, Croatia, they put some sort of curse on us that day. It feels like it might be that. But, yeah, hopefully we can turn it around. They've travelled to New Zealand this weekend, which has never been a good place for um, for Western. And then it's that break. And I'm kind of actually hoping, and I, I think it's probably the same for a lot of the teams at the bottom, that maybe this break can sort of give them a chance to just rejuvenate and find some form because there's still 20 matches after it. But, yeah, I mean... Owen oh four and one at the moment. It's a pretty slippery slope. Like you keep on, you lose a couple more. Um, so I don't know. A- another team who was really disappointing on the weekend, and we can't be that surprised. The Mariners, or the Mariners, smacked Western Sydney. They're back to being bad, which cheers me up a little bit. Um, Marco and his boys couldn't get the job done. Um, but I actually think it's more on the Mariners. Like those those substitutes came on um, and really delivered. Qual was like fantastic in the thirty minutes he got. Um, and they're such a perfect example of like if you put youth on and give it a go, like what it can do. Um, they were they were super impressive. Did you see anything of this one? Uh no, I didn't watch this one either. This is a bit of an average <laughs> spell for me here, but I mean, I think judging by the look of it, Kowal just booked his place to Qatar more than mm. anything. I mean, if you can get Michael Roos to score, you can do almost anything <laughs> on a football pitch. Like that guy is an absolute donkey, with all due respect, <laughs> and somehow he's bagged two. Like, okay. I don't know how he's managed to do that, but I, I, I saw the lineups and I thought, well, Western will get their typical 1 0, 2 1 kind of lineup here. They'll defend the game out. But, I mean, maybe the uh, managerial mastermind of Nick Montgomery of just throwing pace at the <laughs> pace at the game at the end of the day and seeing how that goes found him out a little bit. I don't think anyone's actually thrown anything at him like that before. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And I think they're coming up to a. Sydney Derby mm. this week. It is Maybe this week, yeah. The week after, that's something to discuss later. But yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if uh, you know the traditionally slow and old outfit of Sydney FC can you know take some lessons from Central Coast's youth and pace approach that managed to get the job done against West Sydney for the first time this season. Really, mm. yeah, they look like like nothing like what they have in the the first few weeks. Of the Wanderers and one guy who got a perfect box seat view of. Um, Central Coast big win was Ruin Tonyuk. He came on at half time and um, was a bit of a passenger against his old side. It's a bit of a common theme. Like this season, people have come up against their old teams and just been like just been smacked. It was it was Oli Bazanic a couple of weeks ago when the did the Jets. I think they smacked Wellington or something. In oh no, not Oli Bazanic. Sorry, Stephen Yugarkovich. It was um, oh the guy yeah, who, yeah, yeah, who begged his way out of the Jets, then watched them like belt him as he was just a passenger in midfield. So yeah, Tonyuk. He's had a long time out of football for you know, various reasons, but um, that wasn't a great return. I think he's been in the squad a little bit in the first few weeks, finally got on and just tanked it against his old side. So uh, that was interesting. The other games for the round, um, the Knicks beat MacArthur. Um, now, you, you actually you told me you did watch this one, so maybe Mate, you can take us away. I don't know why this was the only game I watched, but I mean, <laughs> if Knicks, you're going to watch one Knicks game this good. week, they make sure it's Knicks MacArthur on a Sunday 1 p.m. <laughs> That's what they. That's what they were saying. <laughs> the, the first half was nothing special. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it was, was it Ben Old got a goal in like the 45th minute. I think it was one nil mm. going in half time. Yeah, just in the stroke. Yeah. Yeah. And then Max struck back. You know, La Ice. You know, mm. did his thing. You know, one in every ten goes in with him. And then after that, Knicks just looked like a completely competent football outfit. You know, it was mm. absolutely unreal. They were, you know, passing triangles inside the opposition box like. 
I don't know if it was really a case of Wellington rising to the occasion or MacArthur kind of just rolling over once they scored one and, you know, kind of flooding back a little bit. But, mm. you know, another game of Daniel Arzani not really doing much, which is interesting. Um, you know, he's really living up to those ruse calls from certain individuals. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it was a hell of a game, a hell of a 30 minutes from the Knicks there. They were absolutely all over them. Like that, I think you were saying uh, that, I can't I remember how to pronounce his name, that big Bulgarian brother. Mm, Crave like he's like he's yeah he's nuts he's so yeah. good I love watching him play like his passing range is just absolutely crazy like if he can yeah. get up and go and get fully fit he's going to be absolutely unstoppable so yeah it's good yeah. to see from the Knicks you know they've had a couple of seasons in the in the literal wilderness of Wollongong so it's good mm. to see them get their uh get a couple of games in at home and get a couple of wins on the board so I'm happy for them yeah the that Crave guy does give me just a bit of like robot vibe. Like it's the way he looks, and he's just like very such a calculated footballer. Like all the goals he's scored have just been like these rockets, and it's like oh my god. Like um, yeah, I was that was a couple of podcasts ago. I was saying that someone had said that he was in the national team and just fell out due to like attitude problems, but was actually like a very solid player. So um, yeah, they might not have him for long because I reckon after this year, like European clubs will probably take note if he keeps on playing like this. But he's definitely an asset. While he's there, and Clayton Lewis scored that rocket of a free kick. Like, where did that come from? I don't know what they did in that thirty minutes. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, that that guy's crazy. Like, he's it's a bit of a weird analogy. That guy has got to be the closest thing to Cyril Rioli I've ever seen on a, a soccer field. He has just got an absolute peach of a left foot and not much else. It is crazy to watch. <laughs> Jesus. Um, fair enough. And the, the final game of the, it wasn't final game of the round, but the one we haven't talked about: Brisbane and Sydney, three-one to Brisbane. Like this would have to be one of the most random results ever. Like Brisbane taking this one out, Charlie Austin scoring one, then missing a penalty, and a Brindle South banger. I mean, it's it's peak Alig if you've ever um, seen it. <laughs> like, a Brindle South. Is it the Redland Stadium as well? I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. what is going on there? Like, <laughs> uh, bloody Sydney rocking up with an MPL centre back and just getting absolutely demolished in the first minute like yeah who were those I don't know really what they're expecting I've never heard of or the, the, I think the one, bloke from Sydney United and that other guy was a, a kid like I've never heard of him before Good. yeah he's just out of the academy like he's mm. he's just fresh face 18 19 year old I guess but yeah it was absolutely brutal I mean we saw one of our mutual friends put a load on as soon as they saw the lineups that Charlie Austin's gonna score three goals straight away and I mean, it wasn't far off honestly <laughs> You line up with a yeah. Premier League experienced striker and like that, and he's going to put the ball in the back of the net at least once, and evidently. So, I mean, yeah. it'll be, it's good for Brisbane to get a win on the board. Hopefully they can bounce back. But, you know, I don't think Warren Moon, you know, I don't think he had a lot of time on the board before this. So hopefully um, he can bounce yeah. back, get a few more dodgy results, and, you know, he'll still be in charge by the time Perth play him, and we can maybe put a goal behind him. <laughs> Fingers well, that's, crossed. That's always a good thing to aim for. I actually, have you been watching the All <laughs> Access series? No, I haven't watched it at all. I was going to wait oh. until it was like all out and then just smash oh, it yeah. all at once. Yeah, they're, they're very good. But one thing that I noticed was that when it was a Charlie Austin episode, like it just, so like you watch the kids Norbo one and it's like, geez, he's a good coach. Like he's calculated. He's really motivating his players. And then I watched Warren Moon in that Charlie Austin episode. And it's just like, if like one of the dads is doing under 12 coaching, like I'm sure behind the scenes he's doing tactical stuff. But on game day, it's just very like, Come on, boys, let's show them what we've got. Like, that's literally a direct quote, I think, of something you said. It was like, I, after watching that, I was like, geez, this bloke is just maybe not cut out to be an A-League manager. So you're right. I think he was probably running out of time, but this is a, bit, a good win um, that maybe will keep him in the job 
um, a little bit longer. One other weird thing is that Brisbane and Perth aren't playing games this weekend um, before the break. So there's oh. only five matches on. Thank God. Finally got a weekend <laughs> off. Well, it must be to give all their international players a bit of extra rest before the World Cup. But um... Yeah, big Marky Beavers is... <laughs> Going in Gareth Southgate side pretty quick, I reckon. But, yeah, that's um, so. Oh, I think that might have been before, because it was um. That was I think it was Perth versus Brisbane in Perth, but I think for whatever oh, reason they, so they couldn't didn't... reschedule it to Brisbane and they couldn't get Macedonia Park in ready, so they've just is it not ready yet? To it midweek. Mm. No, I think they're still putting seats in. Oh yeah, and probably the like actual like facilities and everything. But the, the, so far that's looking pretty yeah. good. I thought I've really um. Been a bit jealous watching that stadium go up from being just like a local park to like it's got what's it gonna I think it's gonna have three or four grandstands. Um, yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you're only going to be able to fit in so many, and your bold mm. preseason call, I do tentatively agree with that it won't sell out. But yeah. you know, it's it's good to see that they've managed to get a plan B up and running almost quickly and effectively. But yeah. You know. I don't know how much of a outstanding home atmosphere will be enjoyed at Macedonia Park, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, who knows? If, if they do get behind and then get 5,000 there, um, then it's obviously going to be sick. I mean, because, you know, if they were Western United, they'd be playing at Optus Stadium. So it's good to see a club actually improvise rather than just playing wherever they can. Like, I, I wish that Western did something like this. Um, and I think what it shows is that it's so possible. Like, Western have made so many excuses, tried to buy their way into South Melbourne and everything like that. And I think you see this, what Perth have done with a few higher seats and you're like, you think on, on just a random NPL pitcher, like obviously Western could have done something like that. And I still hold out a little bit of hope that like post World Cup break, like they'll look at the fact that we're getting 2000 at games and maybe think like we could do what Perth's doing. And look, I, I feel like it'd be cheaper because I don't know what they're paying to go to Amy Park, but they wouldn't be making much money from ticket sales or anything like that. So it's, it's just a baffling situation really. Um, as we watched another yeah, well, even game if they did yesterday. what they what they do when they started out, like the regional Melbourne tour, like they were sending games to Ballarat, and mm. you know, I think there were a few at GMHBA, and I mean that's not ideal at the best of times unless you're playing AFL. But yeah, you know, send a few out to those regional grounds that can already host a capacity of yeah. four or five thousand. I mean, it's a good look. Like I remember watching you boys when you were at, I'm pretty sure it was Ballarat, like, and you know, it looked mm. good. It was you know, you know yeah, the semi boutique stadium and There's something, yeah. Because, like, that's what we say. It's like, yeah. if you, you if you go into Amy Park still, why would you, if you live in the West, why would you convert from being a Victory fan or a City fan? Because, like, you're not, there's no difference except you're playing in front of, in front of less fans in different colours. And at the moment, we're the worst of the three. So, it's, it's a really hard sell. And I think that's why, like, even yesterday it was 3,000. And then they dish up that performance. No doubt next time there'll be, you know, 1,500 of those are going to go, what's the point? Um, but anyway, enough about that depressing... Uh, West United ran up. We did just win a championship a few months ago, so I shouldn't be so doom and gloom. But um, as always, yeah, the guests, I've, got a, <laughs> I've got a five-question A-League quiz for you. Um, so let's see how you That's go. So far, Danny Townsend and Jude Dolan both got two out of five. So you don't have a lot to beat, but it's proved to be Oof. a pretty difficult quiz. And um, Got about got 40%. Here we go. You can do this. So um, first question actually relates to what we were just speaking about. And now you see, it seemed like you were sort of well versed in this. Um, which grounds have Western United played home games at in the A League era? If you can't get all of them, at least give me the, how, like how many home stadiums they've had. But have a crack first. So we got Amy. Yep. One. GMHBA. Two. I don't know the Ballarat one. 
I don't know the name. I just I just remember there was a game at Ballarat. Three. I feel like there's at least one more. I don't think you went to South. I want to say Moe, just for a laugh. Not Moe. Moe? Okay, so four. Yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I'm, honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna pull the pin there. I... All right. The answer's six. Aubrey? So, six. Oh, they didn't go to Moe, surprisingly. So, Amy Park was right. GMH Bear was right. They played at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. And they also played at some other little Morsehead Park in Ballarat. Then they played at Witten Oval, a once-off. And they've um, obviously become a Tasmanian side as well. So, that's the sixth. Um not, not far off though, not bad. Um, next up, how many managers has Perth Glory had in the A League era? Oh Jesus Christ! We've got those old. Alright, so we got Zakovic. We got Zakovic, Garcia, Popovic, Low. Who was before Low? I feel like there was one between Low and Ferguson. Edwards. I'm going to say nine. Might, okay, nine. Might be on. I was, I was, so, who, who do you know those other ones? So, you said there was Zadkovic, Garcia, Popovich, Lowe, someone between Lowe and Ferguson. So, that gives I you think, what, I can't six. remember if there was someone. There was six. I remember Edwards, the one that played his kids that ended up working at a Bunnings. Oh, yeah. That's uh, the one in between Ferguson was, and Lowe. Ah, oh, that's it. And then you've got... I think Avery was his name. He was might have been the first or second one. I should know. I did like a massive write up about these guys. Like, you know, stupid bent era thread a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, I'm, what did I say? Eight. I'm going to say eight. Said, I'm just going to take said a time. nine. I said nine. I'll go nine. I'll yeah. just keep it at nine. It was ten, unfortunately. So it's you missed oh. out on Dave Mitchell, Ron Smith, Alan Vest, and Steve McMahon. So Avery was in still in the NPL days, but also in the NSL days. Uh, but um. Oh, that was very close. I was, I was rooting for you there. Um, still a chance, though, to take the lead with three questions to go. And these are the three oh, easier yeah, ones, three. I thought. Question three. How many of Jamie McLaren's goals this season, and he scored seven, have been penalties? Oh. I think, I'm think i pretty sure it's four. Correct. All right, on the board. Yes. Okay. Shout out to... Um... What's his name? That ultra football guy. I just remembered his tweet saying, "If you take away his penalty goals, he's still golden boot winner." Big ups, oh, the, uh, um, shit, yeah, like Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's tied now, actually, because Nick Milanovic has got three, and Ben Wayne. Little oh. shout out. But anyway, question four: Which A League player, a former A League player, received a big payout this week for not being paid properly by one of their former clubs? Shit. And it's, this is the way. peak A-League question, so think peak A-League players. And peak A-League. League. So they were at an overseas... So they were so former the payouts from an overseas, an overseas club, club, but they've formally played in the A-League at times before, yes. Like, for a few years, not like some random, like, German bloke. Like, he's a pretty well-known A-League star, if you will. Oh, I'm stumped already. I was going to say Corey Brown after his recent dismissal, but I don't think he's ever gone overseas. I'll say it was from a Turkish club that had to pay him out. It was on Twitter during the week. Yeah, I have not been tuned in, evidently. Who was in Turkey? Awemabil was there. Bayic was there. They're not Australian. I mean, Popovic. Oh, they're not Australian. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go... 
Who was in Turkey? Bobo was in Turkey. Are they in the A-League currently? No, they're not. I don't believe that they're playing no. football anymore. They're not playing football anymore. They were in Turkey. Oh, my God. I feel like this is going to be embarrassing. It's going to be a former <laughs> Perth player, I can almost tell. No, no, no. It's not. But it's definitely someone you'd know. If you can give up at any time. Yeah, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw the oh, throw the it ball. It was Joey Champness. Joey Champness. Joey Champness. Yeah, so they paid him out. I think nine hundred thousand dollars or something. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Rugari tweeted it out during the week. It was like if you're wondering what Joey sees up to now, and it was he'd been given some big payout in court. Um, oh, fair enough. Go off, King. Go. Got a few more studio well, sessions. One with question that one. to go. Look, at the end of the day, if you get this one, still equal top. And uh, I asked Drew Dolan this question, and I asked Danny Townsend this question, and this really tests you if you're a true fan of the podcast or not. How many toilets are at the SFS? <laughs> oh, it's like 800, isn't it? Someone gets it right. Pardon? I feel like... Is, are you looking for an exact? Well, uh, so it doesn't have to... Because the number isn't like a perfect zero, but if you get it in the, like the 100, so like there's a certain amount... There's like this set amount of women's toilets, men's toilets, and then there's like a few disabled toilets. That's the whole number. If you can give me all I want, the total number or how many men's and women's, anything like that, like something to so I can stop asking this question. I'm going to I'm gonna go 800. I feel like it's 800, but I, I think that's the answer Jude would have given you as well. Because I, I think that was the Jude number floating said. around. Are you going to lock that answer in? I'm going to lock it in. Unfortunately, Fraser, it's 1,216. So 600 men, 600 well, women, 16 accessible stalls oh, throughout the grounds. And, uh, well, the God. next guest gets that question as well. So that is unfortunately, you sit yourself below the APL CEO, below Sydney FC's social media guy. So that's that's rough to be behind them, I'd say. Um, I Honestly, okay. I get what I deserve for that one. I, I At my job, I preach that... that- Students need to study all the time, and I've come up unprepared to exam day. Yeah. And I get what I deserve, really. I have no one to blame but myself for this one. Well, it's look, disappointing. If, if only you could oh. earn points for humbleness and, you know, um, really holding yourself accountable, but unfortunately, you only get points for answering questions right. Um, well done. Look, maybe next time you, you'll, you'll have a, a better chance, but at least you got one. And uh, the <laughs> I'll questions take one. are hard. The questions are hard. Um, okay, so all that's left, really, actually. Uh, is first of all, Ruse comes out tomorrow at four o'clock. The announcement. Who's one player that you think should be selected that isn't really amongst the discussions, and one that shouldn't be Oof. selected that is really getting talked about quite heavily? I mean, you introduced me as the Alex Grant fanatic. I reckon he should go, but I'm gonna. I'll I'll discard that one for now. I'll discard that one for now. We don't have to talk about. I think that it has legs. To be one. honest. I think it look when it came out that he that Delbridge got picked ahead of him. Mm. I think certain club fans were in favour of Delbridge, and I think the majority were like, "Okay, maybe Alex Grant should be there." But I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. There's I, no I maybe, agree with I that. Definitely am. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if it's not that, Alex Grant, then who's your other one? It's a tough one. Uh, oh, I'm gonna go a bit left field here. Ooh. I'm gonna go Danny Vukovic. Hmm, okay. So who would you have as your three keepers then? I would go Matty Ryan. You gotta go Matty Ryan. Yeah, of course. T- look, it's tough on Langrock because he is in cracker form. Mm. But you've got to pick Redmayne because of the Peru game, I think. You yeah, owe him that fair. much. I'm a I'm a I'm a certified Redmayne hater, but you've got to pick him. And I'll pick Vukovic as well. Yeah, that's Just for a while. Yeah, like I reckon yeah. it'd be 
he'd be good with the boys as well. Like he's been in great form for Central Coast. Um, mm. probably top three keeper this season for mine. Like he's pulled out some ridiculous saves, and I mean he's got that experience. He'd know his, you know, no ways around. He's no ways around the team. You know, he could put his mm. arm around uh, Garrett Quall while he's there, make sure he's not getting up to no good in the proud nation of Qatar. And <laughs> you know, I think that would be a, a great shout. That's, honestly, that's a calculated call. Like you haven't gone too big. Just you know, thinking about what he's going to do because I guess a third choice goalkeeper, it's very unlikely they're going to feature at all. So why not have a, a character? Mm. Um, yeah, well, yeah. for me, I'll, I'd go on with uh, Josh Risden because I feel that it's a little bit... Just for like the fact that he's fallen out of the frame so heavily to the point where no one's even talking about him when he's actually probably gotten better in the A-League since he was the right back in 2018. I don't mm. expect him to be picked because you know, he hasn't played in international minutes and stuff, but it's one of those ones where like we've, we're talking about Karasic who... He's playing in a good league, but I've never been that impressed by him watching him for the ruse. I like Atkinson... Um, and then what have you got, Ryan Strain? Green? And Ryan Strain. Yeah, I like him too, but I think yeah. he's... for me. He, I'd at least heard his name. I, was, yeah, for, I haven't heard anything about Risden, so he was my shock call. What about one that yeah. um, you don't rate at all that's been brought up? Oh, I can't say Jamie McLaren. <laughs> you wouldn't put to. him on the plane? Just... Oh, dang, we're not going to get any pens, honestly. Mm. Like, What good's he going to do? No, I was you, thinking about it. You've got to take it. Yeah, you gotta ta- you gotta take him. You gotta take him. Mm-hmm. I reckon. What's the discourse around Lecky? Because I am not sold on him in the past. Well, I think he's one that I'm they're honest. saying should maybe be there, and I I tend to agree that I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. It's like he's had yeah. his chances. We've got a lot of good young wing wingers coming through. Give them a chance, I reckon. But yeah, and I mean the thing that Lecky offers is pace, mm-hmm. and there's no slow wingers in that team. You know, Craig Goodwin's good off the burst, Mabil, mm. Martin Boyle, Garen Quall, Tilio, you know, they're, they're all fast mm. players that can, you know, have a touch like a sledgehammer. So, I mean, I don't know what Leckie's offering above any of those yeah, guys. Yeah, you almost but don't need him. I'd probably... Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. If otherwise... I don't think there's much... I mean, centre-backs, I think, are fairly sorted. Kai Rolls came back. Mm. Sutar's looking like he's going to be back. Yes. Midfielders. I don't think anyone's really talking about Tom Rogic anymore. I think that ship sailed, unfortunately. You reckon he won't get selected? I think it's probably likely that he wouldn't. I don't think he does. I think he's playing, like, centre-mid, like an eight at the moment for West Brom, yeah. coming off the bench. I just don't think there's any room for him in that team, especially in one that's already got a pretty decent midfield unit of... Mm. Assumably, Hrostich, Moy, and who's the other one that'll be rocking in there? Irvine. Left, uh, Irvine I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, who do you take out to put mm. a Rogic in? Who's a who's an outdated ten? Yeah, that's fair. The one I would go for was probably, and I don't, I, I'm not sure if it'll be selected or not, but I don't really think Adam Taggart would do us a whole world of good. And it is hard because we don't have a really good striker. Like if if we start McLaren, we're hoping that. Defenses fall asleep for him to score a tap, you know, we get a pen. Or not that he's not a good player, but like, like I ranted about him last week on my podcast about how I'm a bit sick of him getting all the accolades for not doing a whole heap. But um, yeah, I at least think like a lot of people, when they see Mitchell Duke, they automatically just go, well, why is he there? But he like works really hard. Whereas like Taggart, I don't know, I wasn't watching much A-League back when he was in the league and scoring goals. So like maybe I'm a bit biased because all I see is he's like bad goal scoring record overseas. But I just don't. I, I just not. I don't think anyone's going to be threatened by Adam Taggart at the World Cup. So I think 
I'd leave him out. Gives us space to maybe pack in another one of those wingers or something that can actually impact the game. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, uh, being a Perth boy, I'm probably biased. I've always said that Adam Taggart is probably technically our best nine available, but Mitch mm. Duke is always going to be the one that starts. He just fits that system mm. the best. You know, he's yeah, the six foot three thing, yeah. athletic, you know, kind of bloke that can mm. just put his get his head on the end of a ball. And I mean, it's a it's a shame to take it, but as you said, he's out of form, unfortunately, and um, I don't think he there'll be much qualms if he if he doesn't go. I think as long as McLaren and uh, Duke go, I think that's the main ones, and then maybe you can fit in uh, Jason Cummins as well, mm. and that's just another character that you can have operating off the bench. And I don't know how that kind of uh, demeanor would go in Qatar. You know, I feel like he enjoys a couple of drinks. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I hate to assume, but. I think it would be it would be prime time viewing to say the least. I think it was mm. one oh, of the, yeah. I think it was Val that said he can be our you know the twenty sixteen Euros will Greek. He's just there as a cult figure <laughs> just to get people tuning in to see what happens. Yeah, I, I'd love to see him there to be honest. Like, yeah, he'd probably have to just be coming off the bench late or something. But he's just like he he gives us X factor that I don't think we get from a lot of our other um, strikers. Like, you know, he, he, we're basing off his A League form, but he also scored those goals against Liverpool and stuff. And he's just a good character. Like, yeah, he, ma- he, he makes it exciting. But anyway, we'll find out more tomorrow afternoon. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of Sydney players in there, and, and we'll be unhappy with the overall squad. But we'll wait and see. Um, lastly, I was going to give the tips for the last round of A League football. Um, I've got my scores here. Maybe we'll just rattle them off straight away. So first, Adelaide victory. On Friday night, Victory have already sold out four bays. It's going to be really good. Um, I'm going for a one or draw there because I, I like Adelaide at home, but I think Victory are obviously coming back into form. What about you? Yeah, I, th- I think draw. I reckon it's like a blockbuster three all. Mm. I'm not too much sure how much I rate Popovich and who's the other brother playing at the back? Bar. I'm not sure how much they, I rate them two had, against you yeah. know Fauna Rolly off the bench, but. I mean, there's goals in both teams. You know, Craig Goodwin's in cracker form. Ibasuki's finally finding the back of the net. D'Agostino's getting his head on the back of crosses. Brimmer's finally getting his head up with the ball at his feet. Fornaroli's coming off the bench. You know, as he said, he's got the fire in his heart again to play some football. So I think it'll be an absolute blockbuster, three all. Yeah. It also has a potential to be one of those games where you expect it to be so good and it's nil all. But we'll, yeah, hopefully we see goals. Mm. Um, Jets and City, 2 0 City for me. The Jets were really like poor last week and I mean that's how they are sometimes when they go away like they might be they, they play, they've been like up and down so far this season but um, I had high hopes for them coming to a night I just feel a bit flat about them now so I'll say 2-0 to City yeah I, mm, I reckon 2-1 I reckon they'll Jets will oh to City that is I reckon Jets will yeah. bounce back a little bit you know they they copped a bit of a hiding I'd assume from their manager after a pretty lackluster display against a victory outfit that couldn't function mm-hmm. before that game and you know, you'd hope... Are this, is that in uh, McDonald Jones or is that in... Yeah, Amy it Puffer? is, it is. McDonald Jones. Yeah, so I'd, I'd hope that they bounce back in front of the home crowd and, mm. uh, you know, Beckham and will be back. The Dart Smellier will be, you know, hopefully doing some damage yeah. in the 10, but... And hopefully um, Josh Atero isn't playing and they can actually do something off the wing. So <laughs> I reckon 2-1. I reckon they've got a goal in them. But, you know, this city outfit is absolutely nuts. So yeah, Jamie um, McLaren will get one inevitably, and Tilio's in cracker form as well. Yeah, very true. That other thing is the Jets, um, the all access A League thing is Arthur Papez over that four nil loss. So it's going to be really interesting to see how um, how he reacted to that. I'm excited about that. But um, next game is the Sydney Derby. Ninkovic returning to Moore Park Road. It's going to be unreal. 
Um, and that's why I've tipped it as a nil all because the A League has a way of just letting you down when you expect it to be good. I, this there's going to be like a probably at least thirty thousand I reckon based off what I've seen from our man Brenton Ray and his ticket sale evaluation. So that, I, it's, it's packed to the, the brim. Um, yeah, so it should be good. But I'm going to go nil all unfortunately. Yeah, I, I reckon Sydney get up for it. Honestly, I reckon three 0 Sydney. I think you know Lolly was almost rested last week. I think he was off the bench, mm. but he was fine and. He had he's, an illness or you something. Know, he's insane. Had illness. Okay, so he, he should be all right, hopefully. Yeah. Um, oh, they do have Patrick Wood up top. I don't know how much I rate him, but I don't know. I reckon in front of a home crowd, Steve Crocker will be able to get him up and about for once. And, I mean, let's be honest, Ninkovic is not going to do much. He hasn't done much for the last few seasons, but that Bosnian guy they've got up top, even if they're playing an MPL-grade centre-back, I don't think he's going to do much. Krupic. <laughs> oh, Jesus, he is... He's not much at all. And I mean, the Yankees doing good stuff, but Ryan Grant hopefully can deal with him. And, but yeah, I, I think 3-0 to Sydney, but it should be a good game either way. Mm. You reckon Ninkovic cops like a booze from the whole stadium or will it be like... Because oh. I feel like some of the Sydney fans will be a bit more respectful, but I'm not sure. I think I feel like with the demographic that Sydney have, it'll be like the sides of the stadium will be mm. respectful, but the cove will be up and about and not happy yeah. about it. And I think that'll catch on after a while throughout the whole stadium. Mm. I'm interested to see what they throw at him and, and when they do, because I'm sure I'm sure something will be thrown at him throughout the game. Well, they might have a big TFO I mean, or something, knowing the cove. Yeah. I mean, someone's trying to bring in like dead rats or something like that. And it's like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, Jeez, like, don't do that. That's how the maybe, blue plays. Maybe they'll stuff, put like... a maybe they'll put a dick in his mouth as a tifo to get back at the, <laughs> the green line. And I, I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, they just lose all of the moral high ground that they took during that exchange. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> who knows? Um, on Sunday we've got two games: Wellington and Western United. As much as I'd love to see things turn around for Western, I just don't see it happening until at least the break. So I'm going to say three 0 to Wellington there. Yeah, I'd agree. I I reckon if you know if Lacroix plays, then that who are they playing up top at the moment? David Ball's coming off the bench, but they've got that Polish yeah, dude and Barbarossa's oh, yeah. through a striker. I reckon they'll do a bit of damage. But I, I agree. I reckon it'll be Western United. I reckon two 0 there. Oh, sorry, Wellington Phoenix two 0 there. <laughs> yeah, and then the final game: Central Coast and Macarthur. For last game for six weeks. I'm gonna say two 0 to Central Coast because they were super impressive last week and. Um, MacArthur is. Was it you on Twitter that said something about they when they're not coming up against part timers, they just look like crap? <laughs> was yeah, yeah. So two yeah, they, yeah, they look pretty average. I reckon. I mean, it'll be a weird one because I mean, I think last week. I mean, this is all assumed as well. But I mean, you know, you got Garen Quall and Jason Cummins. They're all playing for that cap or that plane ticket to Qatar. You know, if you put that on a silver platter in front of them, are they still going to turn up? You'd hope so. But I mean, mm. there are. You know, I think we've all seen players that you know, they've got what they wanted put in front of them and then their forms dip straight away after. I mean, we were talking about one before in Leo Lacroix. Like, mm. He got what he wanted and straight away he's turned into an NPL two-level player. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. But I feel like the professionalism that Qual exhibits for an 18-year-old that's, you know, got one foot in the in, out the door of Central Coast going in Newcastle in England, that he would mm. be able to, you know, still turn up and do something about it. So, hopefully, hopefully he can. Maybe this will be the first week that he starts a game. That would be interesting, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I can't see anything else but the Central Coast win. Yeah, off the bat, like if he gets named tomorrow, which I think he will, it would be really nice to see him get one start. Like, I, I think it's like Central Coast probably in some aspects, like 
would want to like not start him because like what benefit does it have to them like in the long term? But also like give the people what they want, and who knows if he might be even better across ninety. Like who knows? But um, yeah, that wraps up a, a bumper episode of the Peak A League podcast. Almost fifty minutes here. I mean, that'll be the longest ever right. one. So. Uh, when, when two wafflers the longest ever one with the lowest quiz score mate what can I say <laughs> um, well I'd, uh, yeah thank you very much for coming on it's been a long winded you know year in the making type stuff so good to finally <laughs> get it uh, out of the way yeah mate ever since I saw you at uh, John Kane Arena when we were watching Kyrgios I was like I've got to, we've got to get on a podcast together even though we're on the opposite side of the stadium right now <laughs> you can you saw me from there and you thought, wow, that, that, that guy's got a podcast worth jumping on. Um, <laughs> that guy looks like he knows what's going on, honestly. Now, also, this is an audio-only podcast probably, but what is that shirt? Can you... Uh, that been oh, this one. This mm. is just a Salvo special Sydney 2000 Olympics. Oh, very nice. If you guys can't see it, but it's blue it's with of... plenty going on, like in terms of the stripes and everything. Yeah, yeah very nice. All right, Mate. well, that wraps it up. Um yeah, thank you very much for joining. Hope to have you back on soon. Study hard and uh, <laughs> see you soon. Thanks, mate. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> see you later. Stay out.